0: and welcome to the Dissident Daughters podcast. I'm your host, Ada, and I'm here deconstructing my Mormon faith and making space for other women like me to do the same. A dissident daughter is someone who actively challenges an established political or religious system, a doctrine, belief, policy, or institution. So that's my purpose in starting this podcast and why I wanted to have a space specifically for women to speak out and speak up. I'm glad you're here.
1: The next four about are kind of about current teachings, but I think this would be a good time to stop and just talk about like, denounce versus disavow.
0: Oh, yes, please.
1: <laughs> so you will hear leaders use strong language of we disavow this teaching. But disavow means something different or we disavowed this, I don't even know how they word it. They won't, they won't use disavow as strongly though. So, denounce when they're like we denounce this denounce means they totally reject it as anything to do with Mormonism
0: they disagree they
1: will they will disagree with it denouncing is we do not agree
0: like we do not believe this
1: yep yep we reject anything about this as part of our teachings Mm -hmm. disavow means to deny any responsibility or support for they're basically saying when they use the word disavow that they're not responsible for that because God's responsible for that or previous leadership is responsible for that they didn't do it so disavow is like I didn't do it or like a little kid pointing at someone else saying it's their fault even though they were in the room and didn't stop anything so like Except it's on a whole nother level of racist teachings, yeah, disavow is not to say what people think it means like it it's it's not it's not refusing to believe in that anymore. It's saying we're not responsible for that belief. Yeah. God's responsible for that belief. so when they say we disavow things, it's not always meant in the way people use it. So if you consider them going to to court over the use of the word disavow they're going to get out of any trouble, because it is a flexible word, if I can put it that way. Um, Denounce is completely different right so. To denounce something is to publicly declare something to be wrong or evil or. To inform someone against something so denouncing that's the word I want them to use. Stop using disavow. It's offensive, right? It it considers it's like pretending everybody you're talking to is ignorant of your legal uses of terminology.
0: Totally.
1: And uh, you know, I'm kind of done with that. So when I talk about the next four things, keep that in mind. I don't want any leadership to use, oh, we disavow this. We disavow that. No, You either denounce it or it's still present in your theology. Right. Making space for racism is not change, is not respecting indigenous peoples, is not respecting BIPOC people, because they've disavowed racism, but they still have dark skin teachings in their current lesson manuals. Yep. They still interpret the Book of Mormon as people being cursed with a dark skin it's not like a lot of members and ex mormons think that when they say they disavowed the dark skin curse that they're saying it's not real it was wrong to interpret it that way that's what i go no yeah and that's not what they're saying they're saying we're not responsible for that we you know god's responsible for that and it's still in current lesson manuals go to the seminary manuals read through and like compare the scriptures that talk about dark skin change to the actual teacher's version of the lesson manuals. You'll see like nothing's changed in interpretation. So understanding those two words, we'll move on to the next four. Cause these are harmful teachings. My little list of things that yeah. I'd like to see changed. This is like my wish list. Yeah. The first three non-negotiable. Yeah. Like apologize to the peoples of Utah. Move Christopher Columbus non-negotiable. Apologize the, to the Taíno people for labeling them officially as Lamanites that greeted Columbus.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Those are non-negotiables to me. The next four, they really need to look at all this too, um, and move forward to these four, which is considering the terminology. Disavow. We see through it. Here we go. Number four remove teachings of dark skin as a sign of a curse from all current teachings and make a new series of lesson manuals without this theology. It is okay to change the interpretation within a religion, the beautiful thing about Mormonism that is different from other religions is it does have the freedom to have new. Yes, um revelation revelation yeah use that use that for good yes like so yeah remove the dark skin completely there's enough words that have been changed in the book of mormon people (laughs) will cheer on the change of this one we will cheer it on yeah like and maybe current leadership isn't capable of that but i don't believe that there's not somebody that isn't capable of it. I think there is leadership somewhere in the church that is capable of it. We just gotta hope that they get to where they need to be, right? Ah, right. There are people that are good and loving and kind and see this issue. I agree. So number five, remove the racist imagery, the paintings, the pictures that are portrayed throughout the children's Book of Mormon book. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: You've now labeled native peoples, as Lamanites Mm -hmm. Uh, that shouldn't happen if you anybody wants to take the time (laughs) that's listening I have not wanted to take the time because you know processing trauma and all but anybody that's interested take the time to look at the book of Mormon children's book in other languages look at the imagery they are much more aggressive with the imagery outside of the Americas
0: oh really yeah
1: so some suggestion there that people can see that they really went full native on the imagery outside of the americas so yeah, yeah we need to look at the children's book of mormon and completely redo it remove racist imagery mm-hmm. and the whole skin changing color thing mm-hmm. because without changing this you are not a church that has like, uh, what, how do they word it that they say it sets them apart because they have modern day prophets mm-hmm. that give them new information right mm-hmm. revelation, if you can't change that there is no revelation. Right. So, like my list it, as much as much as it is only for indigenous peoples. Mormonism would benefit from this list.
0: Oh, yes, absolutely. You can't
1: move forward. Like, what's going to happen in 20 years, 30 years when people are looking at this? Look how far we've come with the internet and access to information already. Yeah. Like, it's not going to look good.
0: Mm -hmm. (laughs) But
1: it's also unique and beautiful in that it can have spiritual revelation and change. It's not boxed in like other religions. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, hey, you need to remove the imagery. Indigenous children are growing up with that imagery. Mm-hmm. Children across the world are growing up with that imagery and looking at indigenous peoples in the Americas in this way. Yeah. That is a massive blight on the church. Right. And it doesn't protect them to keep it. So I was four and five. We ready to move on to six or do you want yes. to stop there <laughs> Okay, six? Have the p- prophet publicly declare the above changes in general conference. And I don't mean like on a Saturday session. Or a Saturday <laughs> yeah. Session. I mean the Sunday session, the main one where he speaks. Have him publicly declare the above changes. Because unfortunately, somebody should have done it a long time ago. It's going to take a lot of bravery to yeah. be the one to face it. Mm-hmm. But there's got to be somebody out there willing, you
0: know, like, who's brave enough?
1: Who do we think? Yeah, Who's going to get that revelation? Who's going to find that peace and have a support system that they can go forward with it? I don't know. Which is why this is like a wish list, because I'm like, I don't know that this will ever happen. But um, the prophet does need to publicly declare this in a general conference. Not anyone but the prophet,
0: not the first counselor,
1: not the second counselor, you have the title of the president of the church, own it.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I was actually going to say the, the exact same thing. I was going to say it has to be the prophet. And you could either you could even go one step further and to say, you know, the prophet is the one to declare it in general conference, but it would be even one step further to say they need to send out a, a new proclamation to the world signed by the first presidency and the whole quorum of the 12 that addresses this entire issue. Like something that people can frame and put on their walls, just like the family proclamation or the, you know, like that could be another step even further in that direction is to have it in writing with all of their signatures, proclaiming to the world, their miss, their, you know, getting it wrong.
1: (laughs) I wouldn't even say they have to word it as getting it wrong they can just say, we're getting something right. We have new revelation. Yes. And they were people of their time, that's fine. I'm not gonna hold them accountable for people that were that were in the church in the 19, 1910, you know, that didn't have the internet, that they were experiencing their own traumas, their own survival. I don't know what different cultures went through or what different people went through. As a mm-hmm. woman, I look back and I'm like, oh, I am so glad that I'm born when I was and I'm raising my kids when I am with all the medical, what? all the medical access. I'm, I'm living in a time while raising my kids, while raising my kids that I have access to the Internet and all this information mm-hmm. to be able to deconstruct and not feel like trapped in my mind and not be able to process. When you can't process your trauma, it does stay trapped. And it's not that people back then didn't want to process, but when you know you need to and you just can't find the direction, Mm -hmm. you end up traumatized. So I'm not gonna blame people for not (laughs) doing what they should have exactly. I I think when it comes to what happened to the people in Utah, the genocide, that's disgusting. That, That needs to be acknowledged Yes, those people need to be held up and supported by every member of the church. Mm -hmm. But when it comes to like future prophet telling, you know, everybody, I'm going to correct this stuff. They don't, they don't have to uh, go down this whole negative thing. It can be very much a positive, hey, new revelation Mm -hmm. and corrections and growth. (laughs) Like, we're gonna, we're going to change some of the narrative. Yeah. And that's what's kind of beautiful about Mormonism, but it takes the right people the, that are brave enough to do it. Yeah. And it takes those brave enough people having enough of a support system to do it. Because it's you can have a brave person, but if the people around them are like, no, I like my power. <laughs>
0: <You> know, <laughs> it's
1: just not going to change.
0: Yeah. I
1: like my racist beliefs.
0: <laughs> yeah. Right. And... Yeah. So or I don't want to admit, I think a lot of it is like, we can't admit fault. We can't, we can't say we did something wrong there. Do you know that like half the corn of the 12 is lawyers? Like, like th- this is, this is how attorneys and lawyers think, you know, it's but like, they can, they can still work within their thinking yes. by saying
1: we have new revelation. Yes. And we are going to be the ones brave enough
0: Mm -hmm.
1: to move forward with that revelation because we want unity in a church and we want to provide healing healing for things that happened that we can't change we can't go back and change it but we can certainly change the future into a more unified loving and accepting place and it can be a more unified and loving and accepting place for families that have some people that are members and some people leaving instead of making it so traumatic. Yes. So, you know, you if if you have the title president of the church, use that power. Own it. Don't hide behind other people to have them saying little things at conference. Yeah. You know, and that's <laughs> that's that's a hard thing to even say out loud because I'm so mormonism is so great in me i'm like oh my gosh i just like talk down to the prophet. <laughs> like, you know feeling i'm like oh i just said that out loud like, i'm sweating get over it <laughs> <laughs> I'm like oh but i think they would be surprised at the support they get moving forward people understand that there's some healthy revelation Mm-hmm. Some healthy, you know, I I I'm not gonna own what they say. They can listen to this, you know, my wish list, because mm-hmm. I'm sure I'm that important. <laughs> <laughs> probably gonna be like listening to me and taking notes. No, I but I think you know things funnel back to the leadership. Mm-hmm. And the leadership could do all those things in their own way. They can pray about it, they can talk about it, they can figure out how to do those things. Mm-hmm. But without doing those things, there's no real unity in the future. If they want unity with indigenous peoples, it's okay to admit that there's some mistakes that people made along the way and that you're gonna be brave enough to find a more spiritual path that unifies people and removes some of those misinterpretations. Yeah. So, yeah. So that is, was that number six or five? That was on that was on six. Yeah. You have the title of the president of the church moment. Yes, right? Right?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah.
1: Okay. So we're on to the last one. Okay. For anybody who's still here listening. <laughs> they're like, oh my gosh, how long is this list? <laughs> well, let's add some just for fun. <laughs> we'll add a number eight. It'll be eat candy and go running. <laughs> eat chocolate. Okay, sorry. Back to back to the <laughs> list. Um, Lamanite identity, which is the this is actually the hardest thing on the list. Everybody hears this and is like, "Oh, they'll never do that." Those are all actually very possible. Number one through six is very possible to do without having huge uproar. To just quietly make those changes and acknowledge indigenous people. Number seven is the hardest, because now we're talking about indigenous people themselves.
0: Mm.
1: This is not. Their fault, but those that have identified as Lamanites, it is extremely hard to explain how much it messes with your head to think you have one identity and history and to realize that's a lie to think that like how much I internalized it all. So I'll read number seven and we can kind of deconstruct it some. Okay. Lamanite identity needs to fully be done away with, which is very difficult because there's so many Lamanite wards. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And I don't care about the church. I mean, it's, it's like, it's this belief system And there's thousands around the world of belief systems right Mm -hmm. what I care about is indigenous people and I care about indigenous children and respecting the youngest. And the environment they're growing up in, but I also respect those elders who have survived and so number seven is actually the hardest for me, because everything i've listed number one through six doesn't. Affect indigenous people's identity it supports them it shows them honor it shows them love it shows them respect it creates unity in any organization right it changes the atmosphere in utah between peoples. Those are all possible number seven is the hardest, because now we're talking about how indigenous children were pulled out of their homes and sent to the lame night placement program. Indigenous families who had experienced mass genocide and trauma in the US and felt safe in this one religious organization that said, you're not allowed to be Indigenous in your belief system, but we believe that you're here for a reason. And they give them this like history and this identity. Mm -hmm. And so deconstructing that is extremely painful. And like I started deconstructing when I was 38. That's not that old, you know, like, like uh that was a little few years ago, but yeah. I'm still young, right? Yes. <laughs> but it's extremely painful, like realizing that this way of looking at yourself and my people, how I viewed my grandma, how I viewed my aunts and uncles, how I viewed our way of life and our history, and was all through this Lamanite lens. Like mm-hmm. I would go home and visit for the summer. And I would literally think, not that I was better than them, but I thought I was living better than them, that I needed to show them how to live better, that I needed to save them, that I needed to start writing down all their names and birthdays so I could do their work because mom's not gonna live forever. So I need to baptize and save all my family out of love. But I was still viewing myself as not superior, but more blessed and like enlightened, right? I was more enlightened. Yeah. As if my grandma wasn't wiser, (laughs) right? Like, that's so embarrassing to say out loud.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, There was this one time and I've shared it. I don't know if I shared it with you, but my grandma tried to talk to me about religion one time. Mm -hmm. I was like eight, nine. I I don't know. I'd have to go back and look at my journals. And even there, it's kind of a guess because I'm journaling about it later in life. Yeah but I snapped at her because I was going to defend Mormonism and my God, because right. it was so factual to me. Right, and she, That's what you were taught to do. Yeah, her eyes got big. She had never, for me to disrespect my elder like that, one who was extremely protective and loving towards me, mm-hmm. accepting on a level that I can't explain. Like mm-hmm. I experienced my Mormon grandma from my white heritage, and I experienced my Tsimtian grandma, it mm-hmm. was a very different experience.
0: Yeah,
1: um, Like, I love, I love my Mormon grandma, my she's Irish, she's not with us anymore. But like, she would shame me for how long my hair was, she would shame me for different things. And then she and my I don't think my cousins realized that I was being treated differently.
0: Mm.
1: But it was, you know, I have some beautiful cousins, you know, blonde hair, blue eyed, gorgeous, I absolutely adore them beautiful people. But I don't think they understood or even saw the subtleties of me, not, I was too indigenous and as a child, I was in the sun all the time so like I, the variations of (laughs) of tone that I can get. Mm So. I don't know, a Lamanite identity is very hard to approach because. When you have found this environment to heal and survive in. Because everywhere else tells you that you're bad being indigenous and here's this church saying you're special.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Then you look at how you viewed your own people and your own history has been cut off and replaced with this much shorter version. Mm of evil like you're you're all the nephites died and all there was was these evil lamanites you know and thank goodness you know that that
0: there's redemption for our people right right? the church tells you there's something wrong with you and then they give you the cure
1: yeah they tell us that we're the righteous lamanites so i viewed my people through this that doesn't mean that we can't believe in Lamanites in the Book of Mormon, or that there's some like, possibility of, oh, there was some people called Lamanites here, especially with the removal of Christopher Columbus and the dark skin curse theology, mm-hmm. what you have left can be like this spiritual journey of people. And you can learn from it, but placing that identity on people who have a completely different identity is an act of violent, emotional um, colonization. It is an emotionally violent act of colonization to replace our true history mm-hmm. and our true identity. And to say, you, you should accept it because look, you're the chosen ones in the Book of Mormon. We're, you're gonna save your people. No, we're gonna save our people by reconnecting. We're gonna save our people by reconnecting to our history and our stories
0: and our true identities, so. And so let me make sure that I understand what you're saying. Are you saying that the the church needs to publicly say the Lamanites from the Book of Mormon are not the indigenous people of the Americas? That's not how I'd word it, but yes. Okay, so tell me how you would word it. Like what, um, realistically, and um, oh gosh, I don't know. What are the steps? What are the what are the things they need to do? I I get that you're saying to stop, to not teach that, but what does that involve? Okay,
1: and again, this is my opinion. Yes, I don't speak I- for all Indigenous peoples. This is me thinking about this for five years and wanting to protect and allow my mom the freedom to just say she's Lamanite mm-hmm. because she's always identified as Lamanite. She was taught to identify as Lamanite. I was raised as Lamanite. My siblings were raised as Lamanite.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I'm not going to disrespect my elders or my siblings. And so this is where it's kind of
0: That's where it's, it's like mess.
1: So the full thing I wrote, which I'll get through it without interrupting myself this time. Okay, sorry, because I no, I interrupted myself. I like got sidetracked. Yeah. Um, Lamanite identity needs to fully be done away with specifically in the missionary program Mm. at missionary training centers and in all like missionary handbooks and anything throughout, especially in South America, too, and in the Pacific Islands. Like, it is all over. Like, sometimes when I'm writing this, I think about like, the Polynesian Center, um, Samoa, New, well, yeah, New Zealand, um, the the Maori people. Yeah. And (sighs) people do not understand how much survival is like when you're in this like survival, our ancestors, my my great grandparents, my great, great grandparents, trying to survive through this warlike colonization of rape, genocide, destruction, stealing, all all ways of life being demonized, forced assimilation, children being ripped from homes and stuck into these schools, where they're not with their family anymore, yeah
0: boarding and schools. they're having
1: their hair cut and they're forced to um, assimilation and so many children not returning home because they're killed forcibly or on accident
0: mm-hmm.
1: um there's there is uh, some experimentation done by the u.s government upon indigenous children in these boarding schools mm-hmm. there's so much trauma so even when i'm approaching this subject I understand what indigenous people have survived. And so this, this last one, this is why I saved it for the end, because I don't care about the church. I care about indigenous people. Mm -hmm. I care about people, but this, like this work with Lamanitetruth.com, A lot of it's just me processing and finding things and then being shocked and not knowing how to like approach it. And I was doing all my own healing, like along that journey. Right um when I say Lamanite identity needs to be fully done away with I don't mean among people that label themselves or identify as Lamanite themselves so if we could separate that and say from all printed material no more bringing Lamanite identity stuff to Indigenous peoples okay no more of missionaries being taught hey you're going on to the Navajo reservation with Lamanite people. You're going to the Shoshone people that are on their reservation. You're going to Tsimtian people. They're, they're Lamanites too. Like all of this labeling needs to end. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And there needs to be freedom for indigenous people to say, I identify as Lamanite, but I'm not going to force my children to identify that way. Like, there's going to be half, it's going to be so awkward among indigenous people too. But what I want to see from the church, because this is the hardest part, and I think this is also why they avoid it the most, Yeah, is because to say Lamanites aren't real is to destroy so many beliefs of right. people in survival mode. Yes. Indigenous people have gone through trauma that is horrific. Yeah, Like we talk about, um, I don't know if I talked about it on our previous episode, but the Holocaust is horrific. Nobody denies that. The the things that people went through, I, I can't even handle the history, you know? Like, <laughs> I'll start to dig into it and I'm like, oh my gosh, I can't handle it. I can't yeah. believe that people yeah. are that unkind. Yeah. Um. And there's racism across the world. We can't stop that. But how we talk about it matters. And so like, I I tell people about Germany, I'm like, they have this like massive weight of a very significant horrible thing that their ancestors did, that grandpa did, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And it's so hard to come to terms with that kind of history, but I do have so much respect for the fact that they made it illegal to deny the Holocaust, Mm -hmm. that they left all those historical sites with so much trauma present because they were not going to allow people to forget it. Yeah. And so even in their education system, children from the time they're young are taught about that history too. How many children in America are taught about the genocide of the indigenous peoples? How many people understand that it was like massive yeah the amount of population that used to that used to exist here
0: I think that like I was always taught that Christopher Columbus was a hero yeah I'm sorry but that's the way I was taught the history it was not until I was well into adulthood and had kids who were at the age where they were being taught these things that I even started to hear little small tidbits and rumors of things that Christopher Columbus did. And I was like, no, is that, is that for real? You know, because they portray it so differently. And I, I think maybe they are doing a little bit better now, maybe, but I guess I don't know. I'm not in the education system, but there's no doubt been a suppression of the actual historical facts and what we've been taught has not been. And I think it's because it's hard history. Like nobody wants to hear that that's what happened, but also it's not helping us to not know the real history.
1: Now here in Texas, I took a field trip with my kids down to Austin and went to the Capitol. And even there it said, and the land was cleared of... Indians or something. They cleared the land of the indigenous people. They cleared the land. What? Cleared. Yeah. So people it sounds like they're realize. talking about
0: animals or an infestation or something. The way they say that, right? Yeah. They're not talking about humans. Oh my gosh.
1: No, and it's it's massive. I mean, it's beyond the numbers that anybody would understand when you get into the actual details of numbers
0: the The stories, okay, so we can talk about you know what's being taught in the educational system and the Christopher Columbus and America and all of that. And then it's like then there's the Mormon aspect of it, the pioneers who came to Utah and the atrocities that happened to the natives of so-called Utah. yeah there that was they were living here for generations. And their land was stolen from them by Brigham Young and by the other leaders of the church who came to this land and just proclaimed it as theirs and said, here we are. Yep. This is where God wanted us to be.
1: So you're going to have to deal with it because God said so. Yeah.
0: Move on. Yeah. And then went on
1: to genocide the peoples of the area. and that's something that as a mormon i never knew i never knew the genocide side of it and so understanding that and then also learning about the history true history of our country and learning how much larger the genocide was than i previously understood it is massive beyond epic proportions i'm like really um it's
0: very calculated
1: it's very calculated yeah i think i think the low numbers were like 600 million but they'd be poisoned their water sources poisoned it was a military attack Mm -hmm. on communities on a regular basis Mm
0: -hmm. like
1: there is the the history like at least people understand the history those that know it of the trail of tears Mm -hmm. they didn't know what led to that they didn't know how many tribes and peoples had had their water sources poisoned. poison they didn't know that they were given blankets already infected
0: with measles
1: with measles and yeah so or not me was it
0: measles oh i thought it was measles i could be wrong
1: what's the other one there's i feel like i'm off on that one but infected and then they die yeah so there's there's a Was it smallpox
0: maybe
1: uh, that smallpox. Yeah. So yeah, history is really hard. And like, that's some why I would go slow too. is I'd be dealing with all my own healing. And then I'd read about indigenous peoples and what they've gone through. And I was just heartbroken, like trying to process the last few years, so five years of six years. <clears throat> so number seven, it, this is why it's so hard is because you have so many people healing from generational trauma. And you've kind of got this first generation coming up without continuously being traumatized. But even that isn't true, because Indigenous people are still experiencing trauma. Missing and murdered Indigenous women is horrific. Um, And it's so quiet and silenced in the media that people don't understand how horrific it is. Mm -hmm. You have Indigenous children taken away and forced assimilation and land issues. It's it's continued, but when it comes to lamanite identity it's really hard because indigenous people survive emotionally where they can find safety and so there's so many members that are indigenous. That identify as lamanite that this one is the hardest for me, and I think it's also going to be the hardest for the church, Mm -hmm. so when I say lamanite identity needs to be fully done away with, I mean specifically in the missionary programs in the missionary training centers. Missionaries need to be taught that we don't know who the Lamanites are. Yeah. We don't we have no idea. There could just be some small group somewhere, you know, if they want to believe that there's some small group, but it cannot be placed upon living indigenous people who have survived genocide,
0: could forced assimilation further and just say the Lamanites are fictional characters. I'm sorry.
1: But like, but that also silences indigenous members who have survived right. their trauma.
0: You're right, you're so right. I'm
1: looking at the yeah. generation of children. You're while right. respecting yeah. my elders.
0: You're right. Yeah, so if
1: we can stop the like future teaching. And if we can approach it and hold indigenous people responsible for one thing and say, you know, if it's a personal choice, I identify as Lamanite, but that doesn't replace but your you true history. To your okay. your development and your identity are your own. Okay. That's a lot harder cuz you've got a lot of family stuff yeah. here, right? Yeah. But at least if we can model it, then those children as they grow up can see people modeling that, even yes. if it's not everyone.
0: Okay. I am understanding this better now. Thank you. I yes, that took me a minute to understand. Because I want to burn the whole thing down. <laughs> I do too. I'm not going to lie. I do too. I
1: it's so hard yeah to make any space but that is a very non-indigenous way of being for me so when i'm reconnecting to my people who say hey everybody has their own spiritual journey
0: yes i'll make
1: room for spiritual journeys but i hold the leaders accountable for far more yes so they can say oh we were trying to protect all those that believe they're lamanite but that's an excuse that they're hiding behind they yes. are responsible for those that identify as Lamanite, believing right. in an alternate identity.
0: Absolutely. And we have
1: to be gentle with older generations who went through like forced assimilation that yes. were taken out of their homes and forced into these boarding schools where they were watching kids get raped and killed. I didn't get into the boarding school history. I didn't well, get into the electric chairs with tiny little handcuffs.
0: Oh, I didn't God. get
1: into the beatings. So when I say be gentle with indigenous elders, I mean it. Yeah. But when I say honor the next generation, we also need to make a path that's peaceful and kind for the next generation while being gentle with the elders. Yeah. And So I'm like, stop it at the missionary program. If they go through and they remove Christopher Columbus teachings, they apologize to the peoples of Utah. They apologize to the Dio people publicly. Mm-hmm. Indigenous elders will watch this, and it'll almost like strengthen their testimony in some ways. Yeah, like, it, it will have that like effect. but I, I don't want to choose their path for them. So I'm going to respect individual paths, right? But we need to honor the next generation more than anyone else.
0: Yes, so that
1: path needs to be done with stopping Lamanite identity as a label altogether, yeah. respecting our elders that identify that way, but stop yeah. teaching it as fact. Yes, the children in lesson manuals in missionary programs, especially because missionaries are the ones going out to new peoples and converting families and
0: teaching the Lamanites. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. Stop so Lamanite. Start teaching the next generation uh, differently then, you know, over time that gets better, right? Right.
1: But there's also like this like survival thing, and this is why number seven is the hardest, because indigenous people carry so much trauma that people don't understand. Mm -hmm. And if they want to understand it. Read about boarding schools and don't stop reading, because every time you think you know everything, you find more Mm -hmm. experimentation. upon Indigenous children mm-hmm. is horrific to me. All the things they went through, seeing how little they could live on out of curiosity to see how little the body could live on. Yeah, These are babies. Um, Yeah, I can't get into that too much because like, I, <laughs> this is where I've had to go slow with writing too, is the more I learned, the harder it was like to process some of that when I was doing my own healing on top of it. So. So, number seven is the hardest, it just is, but it needs to stop in the missionary program. And I feel like if they could just stop it there and teach missionaries coming in, we don't know who the Lamanites are, so let's not label everybody, right? <clears throat> if people identify as Lamanite, be kind to them, accept it, yes, you know, just be like, okay, that's that's okay. If my mom calls herself Lamanite and somebody disrespects her, they'll see every bit of my anger about that, even though. I don't identify as Lamanite because she went through things in a different time period. I was one year old when the American, that's why, why I mention it, yeah. the um American Indian Religious Freedom Act happened. Oh. So connecting all those dots is important, I think.
0: So yeah. I love that. I it yes, I love all of the things. But I I especially love that number seven because I think you've kind of found like a middle ground, a way to move forward without re-traumatizing anybody. It, it, it's like the most gentle. And it can be done slowly because some wards be done slowly call forward. themselves
1: Lamanite wards. That's okay. Let them respect indigenous people who call themselves Lamanite. Just remove it from the missionary program, teach missionaries, and slowly, like, let indigenous people heal on their own from this
0: issue. Yes. And And, over generations, it will change and it will, and it will go away that Lamanite, you know, identity at some point, right? Um, I
1: think so, to, to an extent. I think there will always be people that do identify with it. Yeah. And that's okay, if it's yeah. their choice, not some yes. missionary coming to their family saying you're a Lamanite, uh-huh. or some general authority coming to the ward, and being like, you saved your people, <laughs> you know, especially yeah. with the accompanying curse, and, you know, skin color change, like yeah. that all needs to be done away with. Yeah, But allowing people to connect and say, I believe I'm Lamanite, and I connect with this is totally different it's yeah. respecting the people while not controlling their own narrative and history yeah they're healing what what my great grandma went through well you know like yeah. what my grandma went through what my mom went through mm-hmm. i'm privileged in some ways compared to them because mm-hmm. i'm privileged with a healthier knowledge and understanding and access to information not mm-hmm. that i'm privileged that i didn't get my own trauma or abuse or identity crisis from Lamanite issues, but that I have access to information with enough kind of friends and healthy people in my life to help support me while I freak out <laughs> <laughs> because there's a lot of that freaking out behind the scenes like, oh my gosh. Yep. Because when I chose to start going down this path of blogging and then talking about stuff, the church to me is it sounds rude, but it's just all pretend. Mm -hmm. I see the people, not just the indigenous people, but the beautiful like members too, and all my friends and people that believe and are still active. It's the people I see. Yeah. And so like, it's just been a journey. And like, both a lot of pressure I put on myself and and awareness that Words matter. Words that we use matter, which is why I want to tear apart the word disavow. I'm like, you're not fooling anyone, (laughs) right?
0: But so that's the list. I love it. I think it's. I think it's amazing. I think it's necessary and needed. I think that the work you are doing is amazing. I want everyone to to know about you and know about the work you're doing and not that my platform is anything special or huge (laughs) but I I just I love you like oh we we've just been able to connect we click we click (laughs) we really do like we were meant to be friends I don't I'm not sure if I believe in destiny anymore (laughs) pre-ordination but we if there was anything of the sort, like we are soul sisters. Um, yes, (laughs) I I'm so grateful for you because you are, you're telling the truth, (laughs) which needs to be done. Um, even when it's super duper hard and I want to keep having you back and have more discussions. And I would even say like, if we have listeners that have specific questions or topics that they would like us to cover just yes. to dig into a little bit more. Um, I'd be open to that if you are like, yeah. I think there, this topic can, I mean, it could just be a continuous thing because there's so much we, we, we're only just barely scratching the surface. Right. Yeah. Yeah so was there any final words that you had before we sign off
1: yeah okay i i do have one and that's whether you're a member or uh, ex-mormon when indigenous people are expressing about their identity within mormonism acknowledge at least and bring them peace in just giving them space to process and heal and identify how they need to, even if you don't agree with it because in the end the church is just this like organization it's, it's this belief system, but the people are real and understanding how much trauma indigenous people carry, and how much they're trying to heal and do it peacefully and kind ways with all these different groups of people around them that aren't traditionally from this land.
0: Yeah. Yes.
1: Give them space to just be where they are in the space that they're in, like show kindness in the end. My list doesn't matter if people aren't kind to each other. So yeah.
0: I love that. I love it. I think it all, it all just comes down to, um, our humanity and respecting humans as they are. And yeah, I mean, I think those who are in the church who are just trying to do the best they can to like follow the teachings of Jesus and love one another, I can totally respect that and on board with that 100%. And I think when you leave the church, that doesn't necessarily change. Like you don't, I think if, if anything, my heart has expanded and opened my ability to love and accept more. And unfortunately, because of the trauma that leaving the church and, and learning that you've been deceived because of what that does to you, it does tend to want to make you want to burn it all down. And so, yes, I have to pull myself back and ground myself and say, but that's not what's necessarily good for everyone. Um, that That is an important thing that you talked about today that I love and that I'm going to take to heart. And um, because, yeah, it's like when you leave the church, you want to be like, light a match and tell everyone you're not it's not what you thought it was and stuff. Um, but that may not be what's best for everyone. Well, and that's why I kind of separate
1: it into two things. Like, I will be kind to members that believe and I'll be kind to people that believe various religions. Mormonism is not the only one that harmed indigenous peoples. For sure. Everybody has their own survival and trauma processing to do. But when it comes to the leaders, hmm. I do not hold that same patience. Right. They are responsible. They need to be held accountable. I do express openness to their attempts. And I do want to be open to a path, which is why this list exists. Yes. Of them to start taking to start healing and having a healthier environment for indigenous peoples and all peoples of color and the members, because it's not easy for members to belong to a church as a white individual that is racist like that comes with trauma, too. Yes, not the same kind of trauma, not on it in any way, but it is, it does affect your well-being. It does affect the space that you can be in. So I, I have this like list because I'm like, Hey, you know what? Here's some space, take it. Mm-hmm. But I do not hold the same patience for them because it is a business yeah, in the end to me. And
0: okay. yeah, yeah. They, they, they should they be put them themselves in that position of, mm-hmm. or by saying, we taught, we speak to God, we speak for God. So I'm sorry, if you're going to put yourself in that position, then you damn well better be speaking the truth. And mm-hmm. so I think holding them to a higher standard, holding their feet to the fire is 100% legitimate. Yeah. Yeah. They yep. never claimed. To have the full truth of the gospel, if they never claimed to speak for God, if they never did any of that, we wouldn't be in this position, right? Yeah. Oh. and yeah. if they'd never been a part
1: of genocide in the Utahs, you know, area, and if they hadn't mislabeled the Taíno people, yeah, as Lamanites, exactly, and put Christopher Columbus—that's why those are my first three things. Yeah, like they've inherited a bit of a mess and they I, I do want to support them in getting out of it, but I do not have the patience for them that I do the average member. So they don't really get my kindness. They don't have my respect, but my respect can be earned.
0: Yeah. To some extent. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love you so much. You're the best. You're my favorite, favorite human. Oh, thanks. So. Yeah, this is
1: great. I, I'm so glad we met because there's stuff I shared even in the beginning of this episode that it's like, I had to have the right space and the right person that I could like process that journey and share that journey with, you know, and that, that wasn't going to be just anybody. So Mm -hmm. it was just perfect timing where we found each other and we're like, bestie, where you been? (laughs) where have you been? (laughs) Never go away. You are, I'm keeping you. Yeah. Yeah. I think I told you, like, we're calling you bestie from the Westie right now.
0: (laughs) My husband and I. Uh, I love it so much. (laughs) Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoy this content and it's been helpful for you, don't forget to like and subscribe to this podcast. Leave us a review if you love us. And finally, if you can, I would really appreciate financial support in this work. You can go to dissidentdaughters.org or mormondiscussionpodcast.org and choose Dissident Daughters in the drop-down menu when you go to set up your donation. You can do a one-time donation, of course, but better yet, set up a monthly donation of even just five bucks. If you've left the church recently, you've probably experienced a 10% income increase. (laughs) And here's a place where you can donate and know that you're supporting a fellow dissident daughter who wants to stick around and keep providing a supportive space for deconstructing our faith together. Thanks for all your support.